track is packed, cause I'm mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys are wrestling. Testing competition, win the war, that's their mission. Not no mercy, see the race like the street. If you don't know, you better find out the war pack. Prove a point, number one, best believe that you don't want to test it with them I'll be here for them, come in the ring with them, you're never walking out again Come to your back on the wolf pack the uh, Outsiders theme song. When it comes to Hold fixing on. things, three seconds of ad, three seconds of ad, three seconds of ad. When it comes podcast to is going good. They don't get us. Sounds like FTR's music. This is Outsiders. Yeah. So here's what you got to know about about WCW. Well, you have to remember WCW. They were the yeah. masters of taking an existing song and yeah. doing like a music version. And for some reason, the outsiders, two of the biggest badasses in the history of the company, their their music they ripped off. Do you guys recognize what this is? No, it's called Crazed. No, no, no. It's Crazy by Seal. Oh my god, that is what it sounds like. <laughs> play, play, play Crazy and by Seal. You know we're gonna survive. I mean, the biggest one we gotta talk about is not relevant. Wow, that's I never knew that. I mean, the biggest example of that is this. Self high five. Self Self high high five. five. I mean, mean, it's teen spirit. It is smells like teen spirit. It's like, oh man, so many also, great, great Roman WCW Reigns cry me a river. Sure, but it's not as as a like WCW literally copied the song, changed a note, and we're like, this yeah. is not that song, guys. This is yeah. a different song. Uh, and yeah, and the crazy thing to me is that the Outsiders, one of those guys, maybe it was Scott Hall, but one of those guys must have fucking loved Seal because I don't know why how that song matches the vibe of the Outsiders, but. Dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys, bad guys do. do. Man, 
Let, like, you know, oh, man, I, you know, welcome to the Community Jurassic Podcast. I mean, obviously, we're mourning the, the death of a great, celebrating the career and life of a, of a legend, an absolute legend, uh, uh, Mr. Scott Hall, who, I, I mean, you know, I'll introduce the room and blah, 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 but I just want to say that clip I just played is the one everyone's playing. And boy, oh boy, does it remind you of an era of wrestling that seems to be just totally gone, where even in his Hall of Fame speech, he's like, I'm going to deliver this in an iconic, presentational way. The words will be deliberate, right? It's like a performer who's like, I got, like, so... uh uh, 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 just, just, uh, just so aware of how, uh, how wrestling works in terms of like having a moment that is, is, is iconic and memorable. Like he's trying to create something there, you know, I just, uh, whatever. I fucking love it. Uh, I want to say that what, what, why I veered and why I was stumbling a bit is cause I wanted to say a lot of these they wear like cosplay and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to be derivative of something else. But that I, the reason I held back on that is because Razor Ramon is right, essentially, a Scarface. <laughs> well, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. Right. Because if you look at the Razor Ramon character, which is one of the all-time iconic and coolest characters ever, it's not a Scarface cosplay. He's wearing brightly cover- colored vests. He's wearing right. tons of gold chains. He loves razors. He flicks toothpicks. But the voice, the impression, like that character. It's the Pacino Scarface. It's Pacino Scarface. And the story behind that is, you know, when you have your talent meeting and you go into Vince, you could pitch him some characters. You could or he could pitch you some characters. That's kind of how it goes. Right. You know, and and Vince had never seen Scarface. So Scott Hall walked in. Scott Hall obviously was a big, hot prospect. He was obviously not in WWE yet or WWF yet, but he was a, a known entity. He was a big deal out there. And by the way, jacked to the gills. Look up a pre-Razor Ramon Scott oh, Hall. Oh, huge. He's a mountain of mass and has a great mustache to boot. But he walked into that Vince pitch meeting just doing a Scarface, just assuming Vince knew what he was doing. And Vince was like, what is that? That's incredible. He's like, You're do- that's, that's the character. So it just developed out of a Scarface voice. But the character itself was so much more. He wasn't doing, he wasn't a Coke dealer. He was, no, he was just a, no, no, I, I, I totally, like, to be honest, like, I didn't even, first off, I didn't see Scarface till way later in life. Um, right. After, you know, Razor Ramon when I was a kid. And then I saw Scarface, like, in college or late high school, you know. So I didn't know that. But even after watching Scarface, it's an example of being, in, it's an example of being influenced by pop culture as opposed to completely, like, biting it, where you're like, I just wearing a Iron Man costume, which, I mean, it makes me sick of you talking about it, but we're trying to be positive today. Right, but, but I, and we, don't, and we, should, we shouldn't even be, be yep. coming up the works of this beautiful tribute episode with negativity like that. All we can say is that what started with a, guy, a white guy doing a Cuban voice, that's what Al Pacino did in Scarface, and that's what Scott Hall did with Razor Ramon, but it was so much more than that. The iconic slick back mullet, the spit curl down the middle, a la John Travolta in Greece, the toothpicks, the oozing machismo, the Chico, Everything was it was an original. It was all influenced by other things, but it came together a gestalt, if you will, and there was nothing like it. So I, I view this as an original character that was just influenced by a lot of different things. Um, absolutely. By the way, welcome to the Comedians of Wrestling podcast. Support us on Patreon, patreoncom slash of Wrestling. Um, come see our live show Thursday, March thirty uh, first in Dallas. Uh, we're doing DZ Does Dallas, baby. Me and Dolph Ziggler put on a show. Tulo will be in the mix. Uh, who's here? Nick Tulo in the house. 
Uh, you can get our sweet. tickets at uh, Eventbrite. The, the link is um, it links in the uh, you can see in Zig, it's in Ziggler's bio on Instagram. Um, I just want to make sure I plug this before we get into all the conversations because I'll totally forget. Um, but yeah, you check out Eventbrite. DZ does Dallas. Um, did he post the flyer? Where's the flyer at? Hold on, give me one sec. Because I had to shorten the fucking URL. You know how this shit works. Technology, baby. So DZ, DZ does Dallas.eventbrite.com. Get tickets right now. They're selling pretty fast. Um, it's part of the collective, the GCW collective, the show. So I'll be right across the hall from Bloodsport, right across the hall, right after Bloodsport, uh, and right before Joey Janela's spring break. So if you go to GCW, you're going to those events Thursday night, we're part of that. We'll make you laugh for a little bit, and you'll go back. Okay? Cool. Get that, patreon.com slash wrestling. Get access to our bonus episodes. Uh, we give, we'll give you one every week. We're having a good time. Uh, Nick Tulo in the house, the Supermark, at Tiptoe with Tulo. And you already heard him from uh, former cow champion, Hawaii's own Mr. Jason Shamiro. Yes, Aloha. so Scott Hall Mahalo, bro. Mahalo, bro. Pa- passed away. Scott Hall, what, 63 years old. Um what, 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 truly, truly, truly one of the greats. I, I always say I suck it. Like, I suck at these episodes, you know? I suck at giving uh, tr- tribute to wrestlers because I'm not going to do them justice, you know? And I want to talk about the current product because that's what we do. We have fun talking about professional wrestling. But we got to take a step back for someone this iconic in wrestling. And, and, and one of the few guys, and, like, I'm, I'm not saying that he was – Scott Hall, not one of my guys in the same way he is for, for Shebs. You know, that's one of the beauty of wrestling. But Scott Hall is in that short list of wrestlers who are, like, the reason that I like wrestling. You know? Yep. Like, I only like wrestling because of these, like, ten guys. And he's one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the, the NWO guys, the DX guys, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, Stone Cold, The Rock, the people who made wrestling. It was an era where they, these guys were r- larger than life, truly, and cool as fuck. And Scott Hall might be the coolest of all of them. He's, he's maybe right? the coolest guy. That's, he's the, he was the coolest dude. Right. I learned, unfortunately for everyone, I, I'm very cool, and I learned 90% of what it yeah. is, what it means to be a cool guy from watching Razor Ramon and then Scott Hall in the NWO. Well, I'm gonna, let me frame this, and Chebs, I'm going to let you go because this is truly like, you know, so I'll put it into perspective for you. These are huge men. Uh, but I'll put this into perspective for you is that, like, me and Chebs, we grew up together. Uh, I grew up with all these guys, as a matter of fact, Tulo and Chebs. And, um, and um, you know, you Scott Hall was your go-to wrestler. Like when I heard Scott Hall died, the first guy I think of is Sheps. You know, <laughs> he and, wore, and you know what? I got a couple DMs yeah. from people, right, being like, "Yo, as soon as I heard the news, I thought of you immediately." And I yeah. was like, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. It's been a tough forty-eight <laughs> hours. It's been a tough twenty-four hours." And 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 that sparked a conversation with Sheps. We'll get into in a second, but. The way you spoke about Scott, once you say it, then I'll, I'll chime in. But I, I'll just let you take the reins on, uh, on why, why was Scott Hall, you know, and on the show, for newer listeners, we talk about wrestlers being one of my guys, right? Um, 
And uh, it, it just that, – that's part of the thing with wrestling, right? It's like why do you connect with a superhero or a wrestler or whatever? Like why do you personally connect with someone? And it's not just about like their, the writing, them being over. It's just like, man, I really appreciate the work. Or I see something in them that I that, – that, that I uh, – something about me. Like whatever reason you connect to them, you know. But your ultimate guy was Scott Hall, you know. And so yeah. I don't know why. What what is it about Scott Hall that really clicked for you always? Well, here's the look. If we want it, it begins and ends with one key key factor. Okay. Yeah. And that is that in that era of wrestling, yeah, it was buff bodies. They were oiled up, but they were all smooth chested. At least like ninety five percent of them smooth chested. Right. And Scott Hall was running around town, chest hair to the gods, baby. He was fully haired up. Yeah. And I would look at that and be like, oh. That's like my family. Like we're, my dad's right. super hairy. I now am a super hairy guy. When I was seven, I, I thank God I didn't have chest hair yet. But he was an example of you could still be the coolest guy in the room and be covered in body hair. I was like, I love it. This is my guy right here. That's where it began. If I had to be perfectly honest. All right. I also loved The Undertaker when I was a kid because I had spooky boy tendencies, you know. But right. what I always understood is that this guy, this Razor Ramon guy, is actually the coolest dude I've ever seen. He, he's who I want to be. I don't want to be the undertaker in right. my heart. I was like, I think I might be a little bit of the undertaker inside. I have a lot yeah. of pain, but I was like, that's <laughs> not who I want to be. I want to be Scott Hall. I'm going to be throwing toothpicks yeah. in people's faces. I want to be partying with chicks and driving in convertibles. It was like, look, it's that classic wrestling cocky heel character, right? Like too cool for school, too good for the room. Ric Flair obviously made it wildly popular, but Scott Hall had this little spin on it where he also just didn't give a shit. Like he couldn't care less. You know, that's what coolness is all about. It's nonchalantness. It's uh, the way he moved, the way he acted. Like he was like, yeah, whatever, man. Let me ask you a question. Are we allowed to play vignettes on this podcast? Because the Razor Ramon vignettes are... Videos? Yeah, like the the the, the yeah. vignettes that would introduce the character. They're makes so good. Just taken down. And we, okay. Know, we more just talk about them. Well, I wish I watched them. Re- I didn't actually get a chance to. I should have done some prep for this podcast. They took so down the full execution video. Oh, <laughs> we were raiding RKOs. They're just like, no, we're not having that. You know. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna at some point I might play them just in my headphones and just and just tell you what's going on because I forgot like a lot of the quotes and a lot of the stuff he would say. But the things that would come out of this guy's mouth were so just funny and cool. Um, also in the '90s, like. Big colors, big patterns were happening. So, like, yeah. you know, people associate Scott Hall, Razor Ramon with, like, gold and, and purple, yeah. right? Um, that was great. But he had, like, he would color code the bikini brief to the entrance vest in, like, a satin finish. Right. So purple is the is the classic, but there's a blue. There's a yellow. There's a green that was very popular. There was one with some sort of, like, funky, almost, like, uh, in living color-esque 90s, vaguely uh kwanzaa celebratory print that's very popular uh he just everything from soup to nuts was working the character the 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 what he was saying the outfits and then you have to understand that he had a finisher that nobody was doing it was so goddamn cool the razor's edge the outsider's edge whatever you want to call it like you see that move and you go that's a finisher pal that's not some sort of uh dean ambrose ddt situation all right, this isn't yeah. like a, a knee jump. This guy is power bombing you, but before he throws you, he lifts you over his head, crucifix style, 
It's so good. It's epic. It's an epic move. It's a move and you that's don't great. see anymore. Every once in a while, a wrestler is like busted out for a second, right? Like Lance Archer slash Damian Priest. Uh, Damian he, Priest does it. He does yeah, something. He, he, they yeah, both kind of do it. They both kind of do it, but they kind of don't. They don't do it all the time. You know, well, Lance Archer's is stupid. Lance Archer's well, he, is yeah, he flips you on the black because it's the bad. It's a wrong impact. It doesn't look good. Uh, but uh, Damian Priest, uh, the artist formerly known as Punishment Martinez, yeah. uh, he does he does some sort of variations. I think it does like, yeah. sit down, right? He does yeah, something but they, to it. But they, none of these guys have the ball. The only guy who had the the only guy who out razor edged razor razor. Was yeah. I think Mike Awesome like ECW like during the crazy ECW years was right. like throwing Spike Dudley from like the top rope to the outside. Yeah, <laughs> you know but look, I mean? pal, if you give if you give an artist like Scott Hall, yeah, uh, Spike Dudley to throw around, yeah. he'll make that look good too. No, I, I posted a clip of Scott Hall, older Scott Hall. This is NWO in WWE Scott Hall right. giving a razor's edge to The Rock. That's a big man. That's a big guy to do that move to. Yeah. Well, all ego Ethan Page has the ego's edge, which is... Uh, yes, that's uh, what I was thinking of. Well, but you know what? But here's another thing that's so iconic about Scott Hall. That move now is whatever you are, blank edge, right? Like right. that, the, the crucifix powerbomb is now forever associated with Razor Ramon, with Scott Hall. If you do one, you're putting your twist on it, and it's that blank's edge. So it's the ego's edge. You know, like uh, if I did it, if I could do it, I would call it the Aloha Edge, right? Like it just now a crucifix powerbomb is an edge-based move in the naming convention, and that's because that's like that's like getting your jersey retired or your number retired in wrestling. If whoever does that move has to reference your name for it, that's a big deal. Yeah, and and I do want to talk about you. Tell me if it's a time, but I want to talk about the legacy of Scott Hall and so the accomplishments of Scott Hall, or we could keep talking about how cool he was. No, whatever you want. About the accomplishments. I wanted to talk about. I, I have two things to say that I think are both in the cool category. Let's. I like this talk cool about the talk. accomplishments because accomplishments we should talk about because I think people a lot of times focus on the lack of accomplishment of Scott Hall. Well, you know but that's what I, mean? I want to. That's what I want to get into. Right. But which we get into. But I want to say two things, and this goes back to my point originally about how he was like a actual performer, right, and had like a control in a way that I fucking dig. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll even tie that into when we talk about current product for a second later. But is uh, the catchphrase. Hey, yo. Okay. Oh and not just that, oh, I have a catchphrase. The delivery and the timing of it, you know, where mm -hmm. he would make you wait for it. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Was so fucking iconic. You know, it was so, it, it would silence a crowd, right? Like now I feel like the crowd runs rampant over these performers or they're dead silent, which we could talk about. And now WB is just resorted to complete fake audio. Right, which is in a while, but you would you would sit there and wait for him to do it. You know, like, mm -hmm. it, hey it, yo, it, it was yeah. fucking great. <laughs> and even the like, KO tried to throw a hey yo in at the beginning of his promo this week on Raw. Right, He's, that's how he opened up. Uh -huh. And I was like, and he even did it. I was like, he showed you how much the performance and the voice and how all of it just worked. You know. It's to the point where if you watch Roman do acknowledge me, he's like almost trying to capture some of that. And it's just, it's not, it does not click in that same way. As much as I like acknowledge me and Roman's in his best zone, he does not have the fucking 
uh, X factor that a guy like Scott Hall had, you know, how he would command it. Mm -hmm. Well, again, what that boils down to is the number one most important thing you could have in wrestling, which is just charisma. And he's Scott Hall and machismo. And he was oozing it. Well, yeah, it's machismo and charisma. And he had a machismo charisma sandwich. So here's the next thing I want to say. The other, to me, the most iconic razor moment. I mean, besides like this is where the big boys play, but you always think of Kevin's line there. So that kind of right. annoys me. Uh, just showing up on WCW, like that was fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. Uh, and just being a part about that and being big enough to really like shake the whole uh, thing. There's a great. But that whatever I don't know what it's called, but something on the network that's really good about this. But uh, is WrestleMania 10 okay? Mm-hmm. The going under through the ladder moment, amazing. Right? Where it's amazing. like Sean comes out first, walks around the ladder, like yo, walking around the ladder, like yeah, well, that's bad luck. I'm not right. gonna do that. And then like what makes him him, like the small moments that make the character the character is where like, he just goes. Right underneath it, yep. right with his with his walk with the toothpick in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Doesn't give a fuck. No. That's what that's what cool is. What cool is is being a badass, being a bad guy, and you don't give a fuck right about so, anything. So it's just when you think about wrestlers today, you're like, do they even have like those the 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 subtleties and the nuance? And it's kind of like my beef with all the fucking cosplays because they're not they're not. If you're not making a character, you can't do it. Because as short as ever, all these guys want to shit on a wrestler like a Braun Strowman, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, he probably deserves it. Adam Scherer is probably a jabroni and a half. Doesn't seem like a guy I want to have a beer with, right? He doesn't right. Have, to have a beer with them. But it felt like a guy like that was, like, able to say, get these hands, because he was trying to click into a character and find it. You know what I mean? And I think Scott Hall is just one of the dudes who, like, found that perfect blend that work shoot blend of character and the guy matching with the character well that's the thing it's the vince vaughn modality right like is he a great actor or is he just really great at being vince vaughn and the thing about scott hall is you know there's all this nuance to the character there's all these cool moves the character does is he thinking about them in advance or is that just what comes out of him naturally because he's just like this cool kind of bad dude you know um i think it's got to be a little bit of both (laughs) When you so said Vince I, Vaughn, all I think about is how in the movie Fighting with My Family, he goes, hey, this is the NXT. All right? This is the big leagues. He calls NXT the NXT. And, like, no one corrected him. Like, no one on set was like, let's just take that back. But this time, just say, this is NXT. Don't say the NXT. Oh, look, you know how the biz works. Maybe they did a few takes like that, but this was still the best take. And they're like, whatever. We're yeah. going with it. I but, yes. It. Well, though, because it's funny. Uh, this, this is a total veer, Mahan. Um, is that this is a total Veer Mahan? He's coming, but his name's Veer and he's veered off. Uh, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> but, um, is that like it is so funny? Like Steve Merchant's not a wrestling fan, but if you remember Dallas, Texas, he was front row because he was working on uh, fighting with my family. Oh, my family, yeah, right. And so he was so immersed in pro wrestling as much as possible, and he made a really fine film. Like fighting with my family is a really yeah. fine wrestling film. If you're not a wrestling fan, you cannot fake it. And that's like something will slip through the cl- cracks. Like wrestling is too nuanced. And like you cannot. It does not matter how much research you do. Like you will call it the NXT. Like something will slip. And I, and I, I will smell the phoniness. You know? 
You don't need to say, you don't need to call SummerSlam the Summerfest. Like, oh. <laughs> fucking Jeremy Piven. But anyway, oh. oh, man, I'm sorry. But you're saying, like, Vince Vaughn, it was that modality. You were making all those points oh. about Scott. My, my point was that Scott Hall was very much like the Razor Ramon character. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not just that we're saying, yo, maybe, I don't know how hard he had to work to make that character so great. I think it was just his natural reactions, the natural way he would walk through. Like, it just came easy to him. It, he made it look effortless. That's, I think, what I'm trying to say. He made acting cool and being a badass look effortless. And that and made I it even cooler. I would, I would say for Scott Hall, for me, I think he was the first real wrestler that I was like a fan of, you know, like mm. we all loved warrior and Hogan, you know, we were, they, that, those were the people that they like yeah. forced us to like, we had to eat our vitamins, say our prayers, fucking drink milk because of these motherfuckers. But then this guy comes along and it, he made it cool to like a bad guy. Like that was the first bad like guy wrestler that i think i ever liked and i was that's crazy for a young kid to think of you know and like it was it was the true uh transitional part for a new era of fans that you can actually like a bad guy you know I, it's just i have i have wrestling figures it was the one that i always look forward to like razor ramon was the greatest and it was like then Shawn michaels came and hbk and the two of them together made wrestling spectacular and having that rivalry and having the ladder matches. It was just such a cool era of wrestlers. They were unlike the two of them together were unlike anything. Yeah. And then NWO, like, I mean, this guy was so good that they made a fake version of him. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like fake yeah. razor, fake diesel. Like that was a thing that existed because of how good yeah. these guys were and how in demand it was. It made sense to make yeah. a copy of them yeah. and like, and like do that, you know? So it's like, it's just NWO was the coolest. I mean, I have the too sweet fucking hand gesture ta tattooed sure. on my, my ankle. Oh, hell because, yeah. You know, you're making me real. Sorry, sorry, too low. You just yeah. made me think of something. You just made me think about why I come down so hard on like Adam Cole and Undisputed Era. You know, What's I think they're just not cool. Like the guys, like they're doing a version of that shit. You know what I mean? But they're not cool like those guys were. You know, yeah, but how but how can you be as cool as those guys? Those guys were the here's the thing. What it boils down to is that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, both of them, are yeah. two of the coolest fucking dudes ever. Yeah, They're two of the yeah. certainly two of the coolest wrestlers ever. The NWO was founded with Hulk Hogan, who I will say is not that cool of a dude. I will go on record as saying that, but he <laughs> but, but he's Hulk Hogan. So well, it's like so, use the idea of him. Right. For, I'm saying, but right. he's such a big deal. And now you're gonna compare. Like maybe the biggest wrestler, arguably the biggest wrestler of all time, with two of the coolest dudes that ever walked the face of God's green earth, and you're going to compare them to three dudes that if you stacked them on top of each other, they wouldn't even be as big as Kevin Nash. Yeah, and and they're not as good as these other guys. Like you can't. It's just not. It's not yeah. the same. And and to your cosplay point, look, I love that Bullet Club does too sweet. I love that the Elite does too sweet. That, that's such a great and fitting tribute. We should talk about that too because I talked about how. You know, now the razor's edge. Anyone who has a crucifix power bomb, it is now uh, the edge move. Similarly, that too sweet hand gesture, that's just like an official, cool wrestling stable hand gesture. And again, that was NWO. That was popularized by those guys and the click before that, right? So the legacy that these guys had, the impact that these guys had is so far reaching that you can't, that's part of Scott Hall's legacy. It's like how much impact he had on the business. Hey, yo. Hey, yo.
Um, anyway, I, I do yeah, want to I mean, mention, we should mention, we should start getting into maybe some of these accomplishments. Do it up. Because you you defined it as as maybe a lack of accomplishment. Well, I think and that's I, how people talk about him, but I think it's to, I think that's a testament to how high people see him. Well, here's what I'll say. Okay, I'll say a couple yeah. things. Yeah. Well, first I'm going to say yeah. one more yeah. thing that that bridges the gap between an accomplishment and being a cool guy. Okay, and that is I'm going to read uh, so a Stephanie McMahon quote about him. Okay, uh, and she said that. WWE has since, and this was when he was still drugging and pilling and, and not in great shape, like maybe yeah. 10 years ago plus. She said that they'd sent him to rehab multiple times, spent in the six figures on him alone to get sober. And she yeah. said, it's the most amount of money we've ever spent on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at that. It's just, it's just, it's just. But I'm saying that's Wild that's how point. fucking cool this guy was, and that's how I mean that he was like, yo, WWE spent more money on trying to get this guy sober and rehab than any other wrestler ever. And she said he was an incredibly talented performer, larger than life, charismatic, uh, and he means a lot to a lot of people. And that's how much they wanted to protect him and and, and get him better. Ultimately, it was some combination of of rehab, getting sober, and DDP yoga, <laughs> DDP yoga, and DB, DDP and Dom Dallas Page that kind of got him out of that rut, and we. Honestly, we got like 10 more great years out of Scott Hall. Yeah. Because if you remember, there was that E60, that ESPN documentary on him, and I was almost in tears. He was he was in shambles, man. Like I didn't, it looked like he was on his last legs over 10 years ago. And it was just so on painkillers, anxiety medication, like he was fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, shout out to DDP for and 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 I guess to the big man's for trying to get him in rehab and stuff like that. But so these accomplishments. It, I, I I always talk about. That era of wrestling in the 90s, um, not everyone got to be the world champ, right? right. Not everyone got to have the, the strap. It was People held that shit for years, you know? And, and if they were today, like Dean Ambrose in WWE, like forget John Moxley in AEW because he's probably much better. Dean Ambrose in WWE in the 90s probably would not have had the strap ever. Jeff Hardy probably would not have ever had the strap ever. Um, Think about all the legends who did not hold the World Wrestling Federation title. Jake the Snake, uh, Roddy Piper, uh, the list goes on. It's just the people that you would you would think that should. And Razor Ramon is one of those people. You're like, yeah, it's crazy he didn't become world champion at some point. He was more in the IC realm, right? That just that's he was like an IC forward guy. And obviously, probably his most famous match in WWE was WrestleMania 10. Against Shawn Michaels, it's known as one of the best ladder matches in the history of the, the genre, and it's a fucking incredible match. Um, one of my personal favorite matches of all time. And the thing is, you just not everyone got a turn being at the top of that mountain, right? Um, and so he didn't. And I think if that if he was if the Razor Ramon character uh, was in the climate today, right. the level of popularity he had, right. he absolutely would have been world heavyweight champion at some point. Well, now, uh, yeah, totally. I think that was just all on him. No, well, yes and no, but Mr. Perfect never had the strap. Like, there's a like, not all your favorite guys yeah, but, didn't but, get to be champion. Back yeah, yeah, then. yeah. But, 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 but Scott Hall was full on championship material. You don't think Roddy Piper was? No, I, uh, yeah, yes, he totally was, and that's a great point. Piper's probably the perfect guy to point out. But I would say, uh, Scott Hall, given forget about a WWE title. He should have been the WCW champion, at least. I mean, right. he literally, Arquette, 
who, by the way, I was just messaging with Arquette, David Arquette. Nice. Fucking great guy, okay? Great guy. Um, he, um, he, no, that that's more of just a, like a joke, but he, uh, he, when he was, you know, how over the NWO was and blah, 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 him and Hall probably should have had some feud there too. Or, yeah, you know, they, right? Like, Nash, I mean, that was Nash, just yeah. all. But my point is that, like, yes, you can you can point to his WWE years and say he was a, a consummate intercontinental champion zone guy, right? But when in WCW, he was moved up to heavyweight. You know, just from that move, they made such an impact. If he was sober and was got his shit together and they trusted to put it on him, he definitely would have well, been the champion. Well, that's what right? it boils down to, right? When you're talking about the NWO, core NWO, right. uh, Nash Hall, Hogan, Outsiders and Hogan, you're having yeah. Kevin Nash lay down to give the strap to Hulk Hogan, right? So in a world where yeah. Kevin Nash is your champ, Hulk Hogan is your champ, Scott Hall's always just going to be the third fiddle to that. Like, who's laid down? You know, it's just... For it to get from A to B to C, it's like he was just the last guy on that chain, unfortunately, right? Yeah. So it's not the easiest thing to just give him the title unless he has some sort of major face turn or some big angle or whatever, which, again, the company would yeah, always like, do. Say, remember, look what happened with, like, Rollins in The Shield. He was the jabroni of The Shield, you know? For sure. Look, again, all I'm He's saying also is... He's like 6'6", six, six, huge he, guy. He's huge. You're you know absolutely right. Look, at the yeah. end of the day, if he he lived the wrestler life, Right. And that meant he and he said and, and he has a great quote. Also, he goes, I'll give you another great rest, Razor Ramon quote. OK, yeah. he goes, I tell my kids this. I can't tell you not to drink and do drugs. They are fun. It's fun. They work. That's what he said about drinking and drugs. Right. They work. Yeah. But what sucks is when you want to quit, and you can't. And pretty soon you alienate or you hurt everyone around you. It's a family disease, and then you can't keep a promise to anybody. What sucks the most is when you can't even keep a promise to yourself. So that's where he was at. You know, he was he was known yes. as one of the biggest partiers uh, yeah. in that in that era where all these guys were partying all the goddamn time. You know what it used to be like? You'd go after the show, everyone's at the hotel bar, and they're raising hell. Now after the shows, these guys are up in their room fucking catching Pokemon on their Nintendo DS or whatever. You know, it's a different <laughs> it's a different climate. It's a different climate. And, yeah. you know, on some level, he was. Yeah, Adam Cole's work. played fucking <laughs> Forbidden or whatever the fuck. Whatever they're doing. <laughs> and look, it's better because these days. He's playing Halo. Know. He's the master, the master queef. He's the master chief. But these guys now, look, everything is different now. Back then, wrestling was its own universe and its own culture. It still is. But now these guys are like any other athlete where they go, look, my body is my livelihood i need to take better care of myself i need to the, if i the, the better i eat the less i party like the more i'm gonna be able to do this and go to the higher level and and last longer so but yeah. that type of consideration did not exist in razor ramon's wrestling business nah. it was just fucking let's fucking go that's what yeah. it was and <laughs> and he did it man and he went so here's what when the legacy look you could say well he never was the world heavyweight champion and that is true and maybe it's because the culture not everyone had the belt but a lot of it is certainly because he definitely partied first and foremost right that was that was what it was all about yeah, yeah, but the yeah. legacy of this guy is that he changed the business twice on two times i can point this guy absolutely changed the wrestling business on his face one we're gonna say and they're very close in time but i still want to point to both of them the curtain call at msg house show where the whole click right when diesel and razor Ramon were leaving wwf there was a house show which was not televised, so it wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, an MSG, right? It was an MSG, the curtain call. 
it was a tag match between two bad guys, uh, which I believe would would be Razor Ramon and and uh, Triple H against two good guys, Shawn Michaels and Diesel. That I believe was the tag match, and I well, believe Triple it was H at that point was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, right? Right, Hunter yeah. Hearst Helmsley, the Connecticut yeah. Blue Blood, and they were all homies. They were homies with with X Pac, <laughs> and Diesel and and Razor Ramon were leaving. Yeah, and this is the last match they were ever going to wrestle together. Last time these four guys would be in that ring together, and they said, "Look to hell with the middle class." That's a quote actually from a Warzone video game. Create a player, the governor. Anyway, <laughs> they said to hell, to hell with the middle class. But they said to hell with with protocol. We're saying goodbye to each other in that ring. That's what we're doing. We're having a moment. So even though they shouldn't have broke that fourth wall, and it wasn't really broken back then. Like if you were a heel, you were not friends with the faces, right? And obviously, you know, there's that story of of Sheik and Hacksaw getting pulled over with cocaine. And people are like, what the hell is this? I thought there was supposed to be enemies. But the click doing that curtain call in front of a whole house of people, a packed MSG, where good guys and bad guys hugged in the middle of the squared circle after their match, said their goodbyes. That's an iconic moment in wrestling. And that is the beginning, or not the beginning, but that is a, 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 a concrete moment we could point to where the paradigm shifted from, hey, this is fake. We all, we're, we're cool to tell you this is fake. Yeah. And now we can move on to what this product became. So that's an iconic moment. That's a, a time he changed the business. And then the NWO itself, the formation of that, that faction absolutely set the tone for wrestling to this day, right? The, the influx of major heel stables that got over and became face stables started yeah. with the NWO. That is one of the big, and if you watch the Bash of the Beach where Hogan joins up with those guys, the, the, the crowd is going insane they are mental they're losing their minds they're throwing bottles and trash these guys for half an hour and not only did it change creative right like it it set the tone for dx every other stable it set the tone for the entire rest of the 90s and the entire rest of the 2000s you know even groups like the shield obviously the elite can all point to the nwo as a major major influence um but also this changed the game as far as talent having uh, sort of a bargaining chip uh, as far as salary and shit goes. Yeah, so that I that I knew about from the that episode I watched. There's a Sean, it's there's a Sean uh, Nash uh, episode, something on the network. I mean. <laughs> Good luck trying to find it on fucking Peacock. <laughs> right, mean, right, right. If you've even tried to find a WrestleMania on Peacock, it's it's impossible. You know, there's also right. a podcast uh, that covers it, like it retells that whole entire uh, story, like the the growth of the rivalry between WWE and WCW and how right. it all came about, and right. they tell the story, the contracts, like with Nash and and Scott Hall. How Scott Hall was leaving, he's like recruited Nash because he's like, yo, they're gonna pay us all this right. money and travel yeah. half the amount. Like right. let's just do this. And then right. it changed no one the game. Thought, yeah. It changed the absolute absolutely changed the game. And then it then it became now the product got interesting because now the wrestlers have some some reasons to stay or go. It just changed everything. It, these they said and, and Kevin Nash has obviously a beautiful post on Instagram about Scott Hall uh from a couple of days ago before Scott Hall passed. I, I don't know if we need to read the whole thing, but you definitely should check it out if you hadn't. But he said that we changed wrestling both in content and pay for those a lot that disliked us, right? So people maybe didn't like these guys because they ran the dressing room and they were cocky and they did what they wanted. But whether they liked them or not, 
what they did helped all these guys get bigger paydays. Yeah. And that's a huge blessing for the business. So this guy changed the business many times over. Um, you also want to talk about like on-screen legacy too. So again, his legacy, his impact is undeniable. But things that he's done, obviously the WrestleMania 10 ladder match, but also he is the man responsible for ending Goldberg's streak in WCW too. He hit him with the stun gun. The stun gun him. What? It was the cattle prod. Uh, whatever you want to call it. He stuns well, his it was the, He had the long cattle prod. I remember that so like Starcade 98. This. I Goldberg remember watching undefeated. live Starcade 98. Like, I was so – because you knew Goldberg was going to lose. Like, it just felt like the match he was going to lose. And uh, I remember, all I remember about it is re- watching it and just being, like, disappointed in the jackhammer that Nash gave him after the stun. Uh, the jackknife. Jack oh, the jackknife. The jackknife yeah. that he gives go- – sorry, the, I forgot which jack I was talking about. The knife yeah. or the hammer. And um, – uh, I remember him giving it to him and I'm being like, man, you're ruining This is the end of Goldberg's streak, man. Like, don't botch the fucking jack. Well, WCW was definitely <laughs> well, known well, for well, a lot Nash of... Nash was a botcher. So it doesn't make sense. Well, even, even the jackknife powerbomb as a move is sort of a lazy, botchy powerbomb. You know, you got to just lift it's you just up and drop quick release you. kind of, right? Yeah, like, it's, not, yeah. it's not the most... Be- Again, so this is one of the reasons I always love that Razor's Edge because yeah. even a, a cool finisher like the jackknife powerbomb, it's not that fucking cool. The Razor's Edge is a finisher's finisher. But I appreciate the variant aspect of it. You know? Love the variant. But then look at like what Wardlow's doing with the Powerbomb Symphony right now. Yeah. That is beautiful. Well, that hit is... You, he hits you with a two, right? He hits you with three. Oh, he hits, he three. hits you with one, then he dances around, then he gives you a double. Right, right. It's always in three. But the way he does it, he power bombs you, and then he takes your leg and he sort of pushes it forward so you, summer, you somersault backwards. He sticks right, it right, right back right. in. I'm saying that's 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 some masterful powerbomb variance right there. But to your point, any powerbomb variance is a good thing. Even Batista's little silly little sit-down powerbomb with the back roll at the end. Okay, but so, like, but, but I just want to say this. Like, bring up a guy like Wardlow, right, who is probably yeah. right now, like, the equivalent kind of guy to that, that big guy, handsome guy, jacked <laughs> guy, whatever, right. the guy in that zone. Doesn't have the chariz of yeah, National Hall, Yeah, or you though. can even put Roman in there. Roman and Wardlow are way more together. Could just stand there with the mic and say, like, just just his presence. Yeah. Was like, oh, like you, like he he was bouncing. He'd look at you, be like, wow, look at this guy. Yeah. And like, if you really put that into perspective, and talking about that X factor, and you really think about guys like Roman today, like Roman looks like he has the equivalent look of a Scott Hall, I would say. Okay. Yeah, he you looks know, as cool as Scott as cool. Hall looks. Okay, cool. So we agree. Like he has the equivalent right, cool guy look. Right, like right when right. I'm looking at the poster for Mania this year, Roman looks fucking amazing on it. Like that, <sighs> that Clash poster, he looks amazing. But if you see Roman in live time video, right, mm-hmm. for even one second, you smell that he's missing something. Just just from standing there, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when he speaks, it's like. Fine, we'll accept it, but you are lowering your expectations. You know, you are lowering it a little bit. I think that, and guys like Scott Hall, you didn't even have to do that. Like you didn't, you didn't have to do it. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't have to compromise because the talents are they don't have they don't know how to command you like a real actor. You know, right? Well, we 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 didn't really probably know how good we had it with Razor Ramon and Scott Hall, um, and a lot of you know. Because I don't think we knew all this when we were kids. We just knew we liked him and we weren't sure why. But if you look at his actual, the way he talks and 
you know, his sort of like the instrument of his voice and stuff like that. And a lot of the promos, they might not be so memorable. He's not Dusty Rhodes, right? He's not uh, cutting even John Cena promos. That's not what Scott Hall's doing. If there's something else, it's, there, it is just this untouchable coolness. It's just his swag. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about quality of promo. He doesn't right. It's have not any, that. It's he, not he, that. Yeah. It's it's not like that. The, if we're talking about match or something, we'd be like, oh, the cream of the crop. Like, we're not right. talking about like I, specific no, no, no. moments like that. No. I'm just talking about um, just, you know, uh, energy and presence. It's you know? just, it's just, he has, he has, he has a natural performer's instincts. Yeah. And again, it's the way he walks with his hands out, crouched, the way he would do, like, oh, I'm so scared and put his fingers under his chin, ooh, like that whole thing. Yeah. The way he would point. To his partner, boom, two hands over the head, arch over. Like, everything he did looked smooth, looked fluid, looked cool. He just was a cool guy. You couldn't teach it. You couldn't fake it. You couldn't learn it. You can't even describe it properly. But the thing about Roman Reigns is when he's walking to that ring slowly, methodically, it looks cool. It does. When he's pausing before he's asked people to acknowledge him, it looks cool. But the thing is this. The difference is. That he's trying to do that. Yeah, it's he's not natural. Consciously, it's not natural. Not, look, he, but he's doing a great job with it. But you could tell he is. that's what he is thinking about doing. He's like, look, I'm going to do this cool thing now. And with Scott Hall, he made it look effortless because it probably was. He was Yo, just that cool of a guy. I'll put it into perspective. Like I was saying last week, and let's bring it to wrestling. Modern CM Punk was cutting a promo on MJF <laughs> like maybe the week before, maybe the, the, in the Go Home show, right? Mm. And like CM Punk was, I was so engaged in it and it was so real, right? That like when he had to go start talking about <laughs> wrestling shit, right? Like kayfabe stuff. But how, how like, was going to win like, in oh, the ring? Oh, oh, like it reminded me I'm watching wrestling when he was like, I fucking threw the urn, the ashes of right. uh, <laughs> of Undertaker. And you're like, all right, wait, wait let's take a step back. Like this were actually Paul right. Bearer's ashes and, uh, that you no, threw no, no, the Undertaker. No, no, no. He's, talking about, he's talking about, hey man, I used to be like you. I was an angry kid. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah, some yeah. bad things that happened. Yeah. I'm not proud of. And he lists like storyline kayfabe heel shit he did. Yeah. yeah. That was, that, that was amazing. Yeah. 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 And like, by the way, when, when when I do get that bonk on the head of like, oh, it's wrestling shit, I love it. Like, I love the, like, the, I love the word you say, like, the modality. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, think, I, I love that. I, I, I love that. But you're not, I'm not getting that from fucking Roman, you know? No, no. You're no, always no. in, like, whatever the zone that Roman is in, you know? No. But of anyway, course. any last words you want to say about Scott Hall, uh, uh, Shabs? I'll give it to you. And uh, Tulo, if you have anything as well, uh, I, I feel like I said my piece on a, on a great talent, you know? <laughs> I mean, and and, uh, and and honestly, I feel proud that I rocked like at in Vegas that I went with, yeah, that whole uh, uh, trunks. You know, I mean, like it is it Super is dope. something to point out that like you know I did think of in the few trunks I've had made in my time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, to think that I was like, oh, I want that Scott Hall WrestleMania 18 look, you know? I mean, Newman got to play Scott Hall in the uh, creation of uh, the, cow the cow title video, the original cow title. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So Scott mm-hmm. Hall's been has been iconic to this podcast, and uh, and uh, many would say what is called in modern times. I believe it's called an influencer. I mean, simple enough. Like he was just the man. It was plain and simple. That's the best way to put it. I can't tell you how many times. We tried to give each other razor's edges onto like 
beds, like hotel beds. Uh, if you got to a hotel room when you were like 10 years old, 11 years old, you were giving, I mean, I had two older brothers. My brothers, like we literally reenacted Razor Ramon stuff all the time. Toothpicks in the face, turns into razor's edges onto the couch, like onto the beds, like just my first wrestler that I was a fan of. It's plain and simple. Yeah. And it's so dope. Like, uh, and it sucks. Like, that he's gone but at the same time like you see the impact he's had over all these wrestlers so many wrestlers are like i'll tell you about this time i went out to him and he said nothing but cool shit and like gave me the approval to use use the gimmick or use the words or use the gesture or use the move like he just said yes to all of it because in reality when you keep seeing it over and over again you get reminded of how great he is. So it's so, so smart in his part. He's like, I'm just going to live forever in this wrestling industry because I was that good of a wrestler that people want to continue to emulate me and be me. They'll never be able to pull it off, you know? But yeah, sure. Pay pay homage to me, please, you know? Now, whatever happened to Scott Hall? Scott Hall's son was trying to be a wrestler. Is he still a wrestler? Or what, what, what happened? Cody Hall, the second most famous son of a wrestler named Cody, um, is... Wrestling, as far as I know, yeah. he's, he's in New Japan, and he was, like, semi a Bullet Club guy. He was sort of like a their young boy. He was, like, getting into Bullet Club last I checked, but I don't know if he's still wrestling or what. Uh, I imagine he would be, right? Um, I imagine, too, but I never really, you know, I thought by now, I don't know, whatever. Right. I mean, if he was if he was onto something here, he we probably would have seen him. He's 30 years old right now, so we don't know. Last thing in his Wikipedia is he was NJPW till 2017, Pro Wrestling Noah till 2019, then DDP, DDT Pro Wrestling, which was also Japanese, uh, and then he was in Major League Wrestling, but he had been released after a one day of being on contract uh, in December 4th, 2020. So that is pushing over a year and change at this point. So I really don't know where Cody Hall is. Um, we might hear from him or see, you know, see him in the, in the coming days weeks months who knows I, I i don't really know much about him other than that you know his dad is fucking not just one of my guys but one of my original guy like the, one of the original one of my guys and yeah. one of my one of my main guys like when i'm putting together my my mount rushmore personal mount rushmore not who i think the the best wrestlers of all time are right it's easy to come up with your mount rushmore for like who are the all-time greats it's you know some permutation of flair hogan rock and stone cold right but when i'm doing my personal mount rushmore who my favorites ever scott hall is always there locked in locked and loaded ready to go don't even have to think about it scott hall one of my favorite yeah. wrestlers of all time okay scott hall a couple things about scott hall nice. um build a six seven he probably was tula's got the scott hall fi- the razor Ramon figures right now where he's showing the the people oh i see that and then Fantastic. also do you see this he was married to a woman from yeah. 1990, they got divorced in 98. Okay. Then they got remarried in 99, and they got divorced in 2001. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's the, well, you know what that is. That's just a guy who's uh, an alcoholic. That's just like, right. hey, I'm, I'm divorcing you unless you get your shit together. And then he di- didn't. They got divorced, and he did, and then they got together, and then he didn't, and they got divorced again. That seems right. like a, I think remarrying your your ex is a, is a standard operating procedure in the world of uh, substance abuse recovery. Right, because you're like you when you yeah. That, actually, I didn't think of it like that because like yeah, if the only thing wrong is the demon of the right of and then if you have that other control, you're like I'd like to be married to you. Right. Oh, I, I mean, didn't think about that. Interesting. Right. He's uh, my, uh, 
my thoughts on Scott Hall are thus. He's one of my main favorite wrestlers ever. He taught me how to be cool. I, I look at his career and I see a guy who changed this business, has an indelible impact on this business. When I think wrestling, I all, will always think Scott Hall. And you know what? I can't think of another wrestler who, who, who would have this impact on me passing. Like when I think of the guys who are like, wow, this really hurt. It feels like someone close to me is gone. It's maybe him, maybe Mick Foley. Like he is close to me in a way that I almost reserve for my family. And there is a reason why people like Drake will wear a Razor Ramon t-shirt if they have to rock wrestling. Tulo's wearing yeah. it right now. There's a reason why Razor Ramon can transcend into yeah. the mainstream. Because you, you see this guy move and breathe and operate, and you see him be who he be, and you can't deny it. The guy just fucking ruled. Hey yo. Yeah. Hey, hey yo. yo. All right. Well, let's let's kind of move on here. I mean, you know, for the best that we can. <laughs> Obviously, if this comes back up, it comes back up. But I do just want to speak about. I do just want to speak. <laughs> I do just want to speak about. As, sorry, I gotta say one thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, I might get a razor blade tattoo on me. At yeah, some point. I'm gonna. I'm probably I'm probably gonna do that once well, I break it's a the way bigger move for Shebs at too get it, uh, too low. Let's get it in. You want to get him in Dallas? I, I can't break my ink seal. I'm probably not gonna ink till one of my parents dies. I'll ink up for them, even though they don't want me to. But I, until I break the ink seal, I can't just casually do it. But I once I crack that that lid, I could easily. I could easy. I could see me getting a razor tat somewhere. I am 100% going to be getting one in Dallas. That's well, it. I love that. I love that for you. Now, Hapti. I love yeah. it for you guys. Let's just, I want to move on to this topic. Okay. So, okay. WWE posted this thing on their Instagram, and I reposted it just to be like, this is upsetting. Okay. And, you know, I just want to talk about it. It is this post right here. Okay. Can you see it in the camera? All right. It's a picture of, that's Logan Paul or Jake yeah. Paul. I don't know. Logan. This is Logan Paul, Pat McAfee, and Johnny Knoxville. And it says, who are you most excited to see compete at WrestleMania? (laughs) I saw that post. And like, man, that is just fucking upsetting. It's like, I, I have no problem. This is the equivalent of cosplay to me. Like this is, I hate it for the same exact reason, where where it's like wrestling, being apologetically wrestling, you know, where it's like I have no problem with celebrities being involved in wrestling. As a matter of fact, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great. Like when a, when when the Trump Trump you know pre pre President Trump you know Trump is gonna represent a guy and you have the battle of the billionaires and it's a hair versus hair match two like vain billionaires that's fucking great you know what I mean that's so it's perfect wrestling it's so fun you know but it can't be at the expense of the wrestling you know this posted and obviously it's not like the only thing going on it's like but these three guys who are not wrestlers, are all getting matches on WrestleMania, wrestling real professional wrestlers who are trying to build them, their careers and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it makes, it, 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 it's wrestling just trying to be mainstream, which it's, it's just not going to happen in that way, like WWE. Like, you, your wrestlers can go do things, but do you think that at some point that the, 
like be like oh because oh logan paul does it like everyone you, uh, the world's gonna be like i oh wow maybe we sh maybe wrestling is the same thing as movies you know or maybe wrestling is marvel or you know like what's the intended impact of it and my question is how many more eyes do you get on wrestlemania from these guys i, I would love to see a stat of it now you do get good advertising like right because Knoxville has a lot of followers. Logan Paul has a ton of followers. McAfee has a show. But do you compromise the integrity of an event like WrestleMania? And ultimately, do you make it not? Can you build up to those big, like, Hogan matches and create stars like The Rock when you make the product this too much? I don't know. I guess I'm asking you guys. Because I know I'm a smart, so why would I ever like this? Like, why, right. would, I ever, why would I ever like this? Especially... And this is the ultimate point I'm making with the way the storytelling is done. Now, I will give props to the Knoxville Sami Zayn story. It's If you follow Zayn on Instagram and on social media, he is literally selling the shit out of this Knoxville feud, okay? And it's been going on for like five months or something, you know? Obviously, Knoxville doesn't even totally get it. You know, he just thinks it's like a fun thing to do. And I adore Johnny Knoxville, you know. But Pat McAfee literally was just offered a match from Vince. He's like, hey, I want you to compete at WrestleMania as like a novelty, you know. And he's not even that famous. Like, like no knock on him. And I'm sure he'll do a good job. And I know he has a lot of followers. And I guess you guys have to tell me. Logan Paul obviously has a ton of following. Are his followers like, I got to see him wrestle? Maybe. I don't know any Logan Paul fan. I, you know, it's I think because I'm just old. I don't know what a Logan Paul fan oh, is. I think so. I think that the Paul brothers are known. I, you know, I wouldn't call them mainstream. They're pretty fringe, right? They're almost in that barstool world of like, yeah, this is a bad look. Like, I know who's a fan of these guys. It's kind of a certain type of like, it's like a sub Joe Rogan fan. It's not like. Joe Rogan fans are at least like older and have a brain. I think yeah. Logan and who's the other one? Jake Paul fans are like literal toilet dwelling, like trolly, white, angry, like 20 year old guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they have a lot of fans. I don't think they're mainstream. And I think that those people, like you said, it, it's definitely giving eyes to the product. So yeah, right. as I'm going, I'm like, all right, all right. I'm trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? But I guess there's a part of me that's like, this is also selling out wrestling a little bit. Yeah, but look, WrestleMania is yeah. selling out wrestling. The, the, right. the whole concept of WrestleMania is merging celebrity with wrestling. They had Liberace at the first one, Muhammad Ali at the first one. Not that he, he always loved wrestling, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It was saying, hey, we're going to make this more than wrestling. We're going to make this a celebrity event to try yeah. to make it mainstream. And the birth of WrestleMania is in a lot of ways why WWE became the big thing that it became. And if you want to talk about integrity, what integrity does WWE have at this no, point? No, I mean, they, they, they're throwing, they threw a, a, an event in Saudi Arabia as a journalist <laughs> was being murdered there for critiquing Saudi Arabia, right? I mean, like, there's no integrity here. This is a yeah. money grab, and that's part of the legacy of wrestling. Right. Donald Trump is in their Hall of Fame. We know who we're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. So, like, am I... The, the, the mark in me yeah. is not sad that they're tarnishing the legacy by trying to grab new eyes with posting no, about Pat right, McAfee right, right, right. and Logan Paul and, and Johnny Knoxville. My thing is just I'm saying how no, much no, 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 no. do. The mark in me is right. like, 
they better not fucking let Logan Paul win a match against a real wrestler. Come on. Like, yeah. fuck that. And then, then they get, now All I'm right. a mark. Now they got me. Now I'm a mark and I'm mad about outcome. So, yeah. like, whatever they're doing, this is the part. This is wrestling, man. This is wrestling. Like, I'd be cool if Pat McAfee won. They probably won't let him because he's an announcer. Like, he'll, he's on the take. I would love it if Johnny Knoxville won. He probably will because it's Sami Zayn. Right. I don't want any of these fucking Pauls beating any of my precious yeah. wrestlers. Okay. And right there is why they do it because now people are like, oh, fuck these guys. All right. I'm going to go watch this. Well, that's even, the, even yeah. the Stone Cold stuff we were talking about, Dan, too, it's like you have well, Stone that's... Cold and it's, they're not even in a, like, I, it hit me. To, I was like watching Raw and I was like, oh, Seth and KO are having this insane match just to see who can interview Stone Cold at WrestleMania. Like, <laughs> yeah. what so, are we doing? Look, my beef here? with the, the Stone Cold thing is my ultimate point to the low. And it's like, it's like, you know, look, am I, I can segue to it? Am I, uh, 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 am am I excited that Stone Cold's gonna be at WrestleMania, especially because I'm gonna be there, right? Like, I get to see Stone Cold come in in Texas. I've seen him enter at in in uh, AT&T Stadium. It's fucking cool. You know what I mean? People go insane. He's still like the biggest star, you know, in the world. You know, in the world of wrestling, he's still huge. Same thing as The Rock. And I think we probably do see The Rock in front Roman there. I don't think The Rock can. I don't think The Rock could stay away from a hundred thousand people in Roman. Like I, I don't think he could stay away. He could. He was there last time. It was in, it was it was in AT and T. That's just my take on that. I think we see The Rock. And I think The Rock will come out maybe after the Roman match and see. I'll see you next year in SoFi. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, and because why not? I mean that shit helps wrestling. You know what yeah. I mean? That stuff that's huge because now you're actually incorporating it into the story there's it, it all makes sense but so the, the food kevin owens i want to give props to kevin owen first yeah so kevin owens is doing a really you know he's a great performer like he's doing an amazing job with nothing okay i always say if i've said <laughs> it once i said it a million times yeah. kevin owens is a national treasure the man is so fucking good at this business it's disgusting yeah i mean he's good at this i mean if i was kevin owens to be honest i think a bis big misfire by kevin owens was like yeah. not even trying to be in shape for his whole career oh, like it's cute to be AEW. like indie for like two years and then now it's like yo you're seven years deep as a WWE superstar like yeah. you know what i mean like i don't know i would in my opinion i'd try something different okay that being said uh, 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 the story they're giving them, they're literally they're like, "Hey, just shit on Texas. That's how you're gonna get Stone Cold pissed off." You know, <laughs> it's like Stone Cold's that one dimensional, and then Stone Cold has to like answer his challenge by going like, "Listen, you awoke something in me that's been dead for 19 years by talking shit about Texas, a place I don't even live. Right? <laughs> he lives in Los Angeles. Okay." We all know his podcast is, is Broken Skull Ranch is in Aquadulce. Like, it's out here. You know what I mean? It's not, okay? And so he, I get it because he's the Texas rattlesnake. He's associated with that. But it's like the whole thing is that he is just on the road in different places picking on Texas for no reason. Kevin Owens is just like, yo, at least it's not like that dump Texas. And to Kevin Owens' credit, he was it was pretty fun and stupid. He was wearing a cowboy hat, whatever. I didn't like it, but I... But I was, I was like, I don't like this, but Kevin Owens having fun. But, like, starting a story with Kevin Owens and Stone Cold is so easy and takes a little bit of effort. Set up a 
Broken Skull Ranch session with Kevin Owens. Oh, Kevin Owens is the next guest, right? And that could be, if Stone Cold is busy, he could fly out to the ranch. They do it one day. They have an a interview segment, right? And in the interview segment, uh, uh, they, they, it, they, you slowly build tension between the two of them. Then they talk about the stunner. And it's like, hey, you know, it was fine how you did it. You didn't ask me permission to use the stunner, but it's okay. I'm fine with that, right? And then you have it, like, it heated. And then you, we would all be like, that's cool. They're fighting over it. It's like the disrespect of not asking for the stunner. Then you get old Kevin Owens back, the guy who stands for fucking nothing. You know what I mean? The, the guy who came in and decimated Cena, you know? And that's fucking fun. But instead, you have Kevin Owens just being like, t- doing essentially the George Patterson bit that fucking Armisen did, Governor Patterson, when he was just talking shit about New Jersey. You know? He's just being like, at least not that shithole New Jersey. <laughs> New know? Jersey! And you're like, that's what, so Kevin Owens cuts this promo and he's like, acting the shit out of it. To be honest, like, you should watch Kevin Owens' video of Raw because he's such, him and Edge are like both like very talented you know, very in control performers, you know? And they're doing their best with just nothing. The same thing with Edge and, and AJ. They're trying to pretend this is a match that we've been waiting for. And I said it a million times. It's a match we'll have. It's a match we're very happy to have. <laughs> okay? I'll, I will have it. But it's what I want to say, what dawned on me, is that when it really comes down to it, Vince McMahon, as much of a workaholic as he is, the guy, this is the hottest take in the world, is a fuck, he's fucking lazy. You know? That's what I'm going to say about Vince McMahon. Is that however he spends his effort and his time, it's not the way that my friends and the people I'm around use their brains creatively. Where you overthink something and you're trying to get ahead of an audience. He does none of that. So maybe all day he's working and I saw him on McAfee, but that shit's a work. Because he is not working hard enough to make his product quality. If you want to incorporate these celebrities into stuff, you know, make it make sense. Get us into it. The, the Pauls are like hated guys. So how can you actually bring that visceral hate there into wrestling? Don't just go, oh, Miz, and then they're going to wrestle the Mysterios. It's like for no reason, okay? That's what it is. It's all hodgepodge. McAfee gets matched. Oh, you're going to wrestle? And then, oh, you're just going to talk sh- to wrestle. Who's he wrestling? Austin Theory. And you're just going to yeah. beef, you know, you're just going to yell at each other until the match. And that's ultimately what it is. Even the title unification is nothing. Why are we unifying titles? Would Tony Khan unify titles with no justification? No. Like, even well, the unification no. of these titles, it's just because these guys both happen to be the champ. That's that's it. Right? Yeah, it's... Uh, it, it, uh, they... I would have rather seen Pat McAfee wrestle Bad Bunny, you know, like have Bad Bunny come back and just like whatever or and not have let's not have Johnny Knox, Knoxville actually wrestle yeah. him be in Ricochet's corner and he does a, a crazy stunt spot, you know, and it helps Ricochet beat Sammy for the IC title. Like I, they just they just throw throw shit in there and work work it out like it makes no sense. Who wants to see the Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul? No one gives a fuck about that, you know? No one cares about McAfee and Austin Theory. You know, no no one cares, like, at all. It's just, it, and even Knoxville. Like, I don't need to see Knoxville wrestle. Like, it's not doing me, it's not giving me the reason. The matches I want to see are the not, none of that. I'm, like, getting into Bianca and fucking uh, 
Becky, uh, um, I want to see the other matches, but they don't just, it's lazy, man. This is what it is now, you know? Like, you don't need to watch the show in order to understand what's going on. Well, don't worry. There's going to be two full days of WrestleMania matches, so you'll, yeah. you'll get plenty of good ones and plenty of wastes of your time in there. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, that's all I'm saying. It's just, like, it's just a bummer because they have this amazing event, and I, I'll argue about the celebrities all day, and you can argue against me that these people – I would love to see some stats that they do bring eyes to the product, and people are like, hey, I'm going to go fly to WrestleMania. they got to sell 200,000 tickets. I'm going to fly there because I want to see a Paul in a wrestling match, okay? those I'm sure I'm out of touch in some way, and there are people who do that, okay? You know? Although, I don't understand these no. Pauls because it's like I don't really know who – I don't know who they're for or what they're for. Like, actually, I'm very confused by them. I think people want to watch them box because that might be them getting punched in the face, right? Logan That's Paul has 22 million followers. Right. And and Jake Paul, his brother, has 19 million followers. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Those are a ton of followers. Those are ungodly numbers. Those are fucking insane. That's what I'm saying. So I- I'm saying there's a good argument against that, uh, a, a good argument to have them. I get it. I'm not stupid in that and i see the value in knoxville but i just don't understand why we can't work them in in any kind of like cool way you know i'll tell you why i'll tell you why right now because they don't fucking need to do that they don't need I think to they, i think they kind of do because well, I'm, I'm interested to see how many seats they sell for the like well but that's like seats. that's there's so many problems with that i don't think it should be two because days the stories like it's like i need a match at wrestlemania but also mcintyre versus like madcap moss will get a match like it's like right. you, look, look. <laughs> going to wrestlemania is also this ridiculous fallacy because you could just grab a match it seems you know right right well that's it so that's a whole <laughs> that's another thing like oh they want to be at WrestleMania is so bad, but like also you could just like accidentally argue your way into one. Sure. I, all I'm saying is that when you're dealing with the Pauls, it'd be great for us real fans to be watching, have something interesting for us about this. And they just haven't put that compelling cool. angle together for us. And so we're just like, what the fuck is this? But they don't. Vince isn't lazy. He's efficient. He's like, why? Do, I don't need to fucking figure this out. It's done. They're coming. It's fine. That's all I need out of these guys. Got it. On to the next thing. That's where I, I think it's went, going. Right. I just went to Logan Paul's Instagram, and he has not one post on anything he's doing in WWE. Right. Well, but I'm sure he will, right, at he, some point. He does have on his Twitter, he does. It seems that's where he does most of his WWE stuff. Okay. All right. And how many followers do you have on Twitter? Let me tell you. Hold on one second, sir. No problem. You're all day. 6.3 million followers. Okay. Well, still pretty good. I understand Whatever, the concept of, 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 of a draw. It's just like, man, I just, I'm, I guess it's just like at the end of the day, it's so frustrating to go into more manias without care, right. like, it, look, it's caring disappointing. about more matches, you know? It's disappointing. And that it's being all said, when we went to WrestleMania, like we don't even have like a fun, cool ladder match for the IC title. Like, you know, we yeah. don't even have... The IC title is kind of irrelevant. They just threw the U.S. title on Finn. It's just, I was really just looking at that clash of the titles picture, and it looks really cool, but then you look at the titles, and you're like, boy, the titles really, you know, unifying them means nothing, and it's just, it takes where, so much and where, fun out of wrestling. And then How where do you go from matter. You you're going to have to ununify them real quick because, like, we need two champions for the two shows. Like, yeah. I don't know what their strategy is here, but you know how wrestling works. They just do the thing that makes sense, right? There's no down-the-road plan. 
I mean, sometimes yeah. there is not really it's just like, Hey, what would be a cool thing right now? All right, let's just do these two. And it is cool. Yeah. It is cool to have a title unification match. That feels big. It's two of the biggest guys in the history of modern wrestling. Right. So it's yeah. big. I, I don't mind it. I just know that I'm like, all right, how many months till they have to have a match to split them? <laughs> because they, they can't do it like that. And look, it's WrestleMania, which some of the WrestleManias we were the least excited about turned out to be the best. Some of the ones that we were the most excited about turned out to be the worst. It's WrestleMania. There's going to be a lot of bullshit. It's a slog. You have to go there. It's seven-hour days of just sitting in an arena, watching garbage, and then every once in a while, there's something amazing. So we'll see what happens. My intent this WrestleMania was going down there, but I wasn't even going for WWE stuff. You know, like, I'm there for all the other shows that are going on. And honestly, it's some of the coolest shit that I think is going to be happening in wrestling in a long time i i wish AEW was doing something that weekend instead and all this right. has revolved around it but because this exists but i'm not going to be paying for a wrestlemania ticket if we don't get free tickets i'm not going to go i'd rather just go to a bar and watch it i'm sure there'll right. be someplace showing it or go to another show that's going on during it yeah it They'll is interesting because have... it's like both nights if both nights are full price you know what i mean it's like i'm not paying to go to wrestlemania it ain't happening like <laughs> But we'll see I, honestly, I mean, I'll pay. I don't, just the question is, how much are they going to cost for each for both nights? You know what I'm saying? Well, I, will, I mean, they're not even selling out the arena, even close to selling out the arena. So I think it's going to be an all time. Right. Who tell all your friends and family to come and we'll just give them tickets. <laughs> there's there's a couple tips and tricks. It's always easiest to do it solo. It's tough when you want to sit with four people or something like that. But if you just show up. Yeah. <laughs> to our, an event that can't get sold out, you'll see people outside. You'll see stub up tickets prices just sinking. Like, if you're cool to miss the first half hour, it'll just sink. I, you can buy tickets where, you, where people have, like, one ticket left, and, like, I just need to sell this ticket. And they're like, well, I don't want to sell below face. You give it half an hour to the show, they're like, all right, I'll take half. It just it, – it can be done. It can be done. Yeah. All right, anyway, I got to head out. Uh uh, good shit, dudes. I mean, we gave. I, I, I'm actually proud. I think we did it. We did Scott Hall justice here on this episode today. We did do him justice. We we forgot to mention one thing explicitly. Do it, and that he is a two time Hall of Famer, which is yes. a very rare thing. He was inducted solo in 2014, and as the NWO, and then inducted as a founding member of the NWO in 2020. Um, one of my guys, one of my original guys, one of my main guys, and on my personal Mount Rushmore. And I want to share a quick anecdote, which does not necessarily paint him in a good light but for me wrestling is all about respect so i want to read you i was reading just a history of his crimes just because why not you know he he had a checkered past he was on the plane ride from hell um here's something that happened that i want to tell you guys about final scott hall anecdote on october 10th 2008 he was arrested during a roast of the iron sheik yeah. in it was in jersey there was a comedian at the roast named Jimmy Graham, who I've never heard of. And he made a joke. And he said, after the Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan got caught snorting coke in the parking lot, his career fell faster than Owen Hart. Okay, that's a joke that this comedian made on stage at the roast of Iron Sheik. Scott Hall charged the stage, knocked that guy on his ass, and grabbed the mic and yelled at him about how that was disrespectful to Owen Hart, who had passed away, obviously. Um, that is respect, baby. That's respect for the business. That's respect for the families that wrestle. And that is a passion for this 
strange little thing of ours that you need if you're going to be a guy like Scott Hall. Now, I don't know if that paints him in the best light. And I don't know if it's something to brag about. And he did get arrested for it. And he was drunk at the time. Or at least that's what the comedian claimed. But this man loved this business. And uh, the business loved him. And it was all about respect. So much respect to Razor Ramon, to Scott Hall, one of the greats. Yeah. All right, everybody. Good shit. Come see the show. DZ Does Dallas. Um, uh, uh, between Bloodsport in the same building as GCW Team Bloodsport and Joey Danella Spring Break on the Thursday night before WrestleMania. And uh, we're going to be hanging out. Come take pictures with us. Come watch the show. It's going to be fun. going to be funny. And um, and uh, patreon.com slash comedians wrestling. Support the podcast bonus episode after Dynamite this week. We talk no AEW. All AEW talk this week will happen on the bonus episode. Support the pod. And everybody, keep watching wrestling. Kiss. Cheers up. <laughs>